everybody. Thank you for tuning in to the Stuff I Heard podcast. I'm your host, Joshua Peak. This is a different kind of podcast because I'm not actually sitting in the normal little studio with the microphones and all that fancy stuff. We're actually on the road. Uh, my wife and I say hello, lovely wife. Hello, lovely wife. Um, we are headed back uh, from our trip to Disney World. Now, this came as kind of an impromptu trip. Uh, we were debating whether or not to go and it just so happens to turn out that we have a Disney points card to add it up so that we could take our trip, and we went. We said, let's go. Um, I have a small period of time here before I have to have my next thing done to my eye, and my wife uh, is starting a job Monday, so it just kind of worked out. Um, anyway, we went down to Disney, and I kind of want to tell you about our experience and let's talk about it a little bit. During COVID, there is a 35% capacity where they cap out and right now there is a thing where you have to not only plan your trip but plan your day so if you're going to stay at at one of their resorts and say you want to go to the magic kingdom you have to make a reservation make a reservation so that way they can regulate how many people are within the park that way it's not just like it was before where you just randomly just walk up and come on in you have to plan your day so you have to check to see if there's reservation spots available um, this actually wasn't a problem because it's February, because it's cold, because we went from a Monday through a Friday. So that way, you know, most people are at work. Most people show up on the weekends. So during the week, we didn't think it was going to be a problem, and it wasn't. Um, we were even able to switch. I had made reservations for each park prior to us even leaving home, and we were able to switch some days we decided one day not to go to the studio, Hollywood Studios, and go to the Magic Kingdom last minute. And so we were able to change the reservation the night before. So that was pretty easy to do. Yeah. So a couple of things we noticed, like whenever you go to the park, uh, you are required to wear a face mask uh, everywhere where you go. Um, You can take it off if you're seated and you're getting ready to drink a drink or to eat something. you know, but they have constant reminders over audio saying, hey, by the way, everyone be sure to wear your mask. If we see you without your mask, we're going to ask you to leave unless you're seated and, and distanced from people and you're consuming a beverage or eating a meal. Um, I did see some people take their masks off really quickly to try and take a faceless or a, not a faceless, but a maskless uh, picture in front of the castle and that kind of stuff. And immediately a cast member was like, hey, put your mask back on. This is important. And so they did. Um, But you could tell a lot of people weren't happy about it, us included, even though we complied with all regulations. Uh, Matter of fact, before we took this trip, I made a point to my wife. I said, at some point here, we're going to have to buy masks that we're comfortable with because I don't think this mask thing is going away. And so we were at the beach with some friends and just happened to go into a a Marshall's. And uh, they're kind of like TJ Maxx or, you know, one of those kind of stores where they have stuff that other people tried to sell and maybe had some leftover inventory and so you can buy it for cheaper and we had bought some masks that were made of cotton that were kind of thick and they were comfortable except for the fact that because they were thick they were a little difficult to breathe through um i wanted to find something that was a little thinner maybe you know that way in case it warmed up or whatever that we could breathe through it a lot easier so One of the things we went and searched for while we were at the parks was a thinner mask, which we did find. Um, I found out that my face in particular needs an extra large in the ones that are pre-made with like a designated ear hole. Um, The ones that we had bought from 
uh, Marshalls had an adjustable strap, and those were actually, the strap is actually way more comfortable in those because it's a lot thinner. The ones that we got from Disney, while we like the cool design and we like the fact that it, it comes with a, a thinner material to breathe through, it has a much thicker band, which kind of makes your ears a little sore at the end of the day. And we noticed that some people were talking about that, and they had, like, straps that, that connected to the back of their head holding it. But I don't know if I'm a big fan of that. I mean, if you reach back and kind of rub the back of your head in those spots where that strap would be, that would I think that would be uncomfortable after a while. But the, the mask definitely added to the fatigue of our, 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 uh, our trip. <clears throat> The, um, Not during the first the first three days. Monday we got there. It was very. It was like 64 degrees. So of course we didn't think that that was very cold at all. But once we got out and into the park, we arrived on Monday. We were in Animal Kingdom by noon, and the temperature dropped. And within three hours, the temperature had dropped about 10 degrees. It was very overcast. It was very, very windy, which made it, it felt like even colder. So I was extremely thankful for the thicker mask on that day. Our Tuesday and Wednesday was sunny, but the high was only like 65 degrees. And I'm sorry, 55 degrees. So once again, the thicker mask was definitely a plus. I, I didn't mind it at all. It's, it's way more comfortable in the cooler weather. Yeah. The only time it was really bothersome on those days would be whenever we were inside a building and they had the heat cranked up and, to, you know, to keep everybody nice and toasty warm. Plus, we're wearing our outer clothing to keep comfortable from the outside temperatures. And when we go inside, it'd be even warmer. But then you're trying to catch your breath through that thick mask and it, yeah. it just made it a little more difficult. But now Thursday and Friday, we had a lot warmer, much, much warmer temperatures, sunny and we wore shorts and t-shirts those two days. And by that time, we had both purchased a different thinner mask, and I was grateful for that because it definitely, we needed them yesterday. Which brings me to a question. This is sort of a podcast question for you guys, the listener. Um, we were talking about this while we were waiting in line, and I raised the question of if everybody's going to be wearing masks from now on, is it going to do something to our immune system? Is it going to cause us to be more susceptible to things? Because growing up, I mean, up to this point, we've never had to wear a mask. But now that we are, there's going to be a generation of people who are going to be wearing masks all the time. And I would think that that makes you more susceptible to random viruses that are in the air. Like, you wouldn't normally get anything invasive if you're wearing the mask. But those times when you're not, it may make you more susceptible. So what do you think? Do you, do you think that this could cause you to be more susceptible the older you get to getting things that you wouldn't normally be at risk of when you were, you know, if you didn't wear a mask every day? Um, another question I had was, <clears throat> is this going to make people's lungs stronger because they have to breathe through a mask? It's extra effort. And if you're doing tasks with the mask on, then the moments when you don't have the mask on, oxygen is going to be able to get to you a lot quicker. Is it going to make your lungs work harder? It's sort of like running with weighted boots. Is it going to be one of those things where the moment you don't have to have it on, you're going to be able to perform better? Or maybe with more oxygen, you're in a better mood. Maybe the, maybe the mask will cause you to have a different mood altogether, and when you take the mask off, you're, you, you're in a better mood because you have oxygen to the brain quicker. 
I don't know. It's kind of a question I, I wanted to throw out there and ask people. And it was just a random question that popped in my head while we were sitting in line one, at one place. But anyway, back to the subject of the, of the parks. Um, the Skyliner is awesome. We both really like the Skyliner. We didn't know what to expect before we left. We'd heard people say they enjoyed it. And my wife listens to a few different Disney podcasts. Is it Mickey Mouse and more? No. No? I listen to um, Jim Hill and Lynn Testa on um, Mickey. I'm not sure what that one's called. Um, I'd have to look at my podcast list. I listen to um, mousechat.net. That is uh, travel agents, and actually a travel agent on that from that podcast actually helped me book this trip quickly. Yes, she was very helpful. Uh, my wife reached out to her, and we were actually going through her. Uh, Disney Dish Podcast is the other one. Um, but uh, we reached out to her before all of this happened. We were planning a trip in December, and we were going through year. her, and we were going to have a, di- a totally different trip planned because... While we were planning the trip, we both had a job. There was no COVID to talk of. And we were planning a really extravagant trip of eating and indulging and that kind of stuff. And then when COVID hit, and obviously, you know, my wife had problems with her job, and then I got poked in the eyeball, we had to change our plans. So the reason we were going through her was it just made it easier to answer a lot of questions that we had versus us going on our own. And, and the price was the same. The price was the same. And it's like one of those things where when you're planning your trip, you always have questions. And often there's no one around to answer your questions. And sometimes if you go through a travel agent, they can answer those questions because that's their job. They deal with it every day. And it was one of those things where it wasn't going to cost us any extra. I'm sure she gets a better rate because she's a travel agent. And she helps you know promote their business. Um, but this is also a way that she could make some money because she, because she gets a special rate, she can then turn around and sell it to us at the same price we would have booked it for anyway. Right, and plus this was a this was a free trip, it, yeah. with the exception of food. Everything else was paid for. Uh, we use a Disney Visa to pay all of our bills. I changed that over several years ago, and we earn for every point we earn. We can that is a dollar that we can spend at Disney. Now I cannot use those points to make a payment on on the, the credit card because we pay our credit card bill weekly because we use it to pay, like I say, all of our bills with it. We buy all of our gas, all of our groceries, everything we do, we use this one particular credit card and we pay that bill weekly. Every point that we earn is $1 that we can spend at Disney. I can't use it for gift cards or anything like that. It can only be spent at Disney. But we had... 1800 and something dollars worth of points built up and this trip our hotel room for five nights we did the three-day park passes and got two free that's an offer that they have out right now that you can that you can um take advantage of because of covid because of, because, well, the because they're trying hard to to get the people there yeah and we stayed at pop century which is a Skyliner resort, and our five-day, five-nights, five-day park passes with Park Hopper. We were able to hop from park to park, which is a little different now with COVID, but we'll go into that a little bit more in a little bit. But our total package was $1,719 total, and we paid for every last single dime of that with our Disney points. And we, um, we actually decided this time not to 
go all out with eating and spending money that we didn't need to spend. So we went to the grocery store and utilized the little mini fridge. Yeah, there is a Publix grocery store about two miles away. It takes about 11 minutes to get there because you got to go, obviously, off to Disney property and, and drive around in some city traffic and that kind of stuff. But there's a very well-equipped Publix grocery store nearby. Um, we spent less than $80 there, and we were able to get, you know, fruits and, and some stuff for sandwiches and chips and I think a case of water and some a little bit of Coca-Cola and uh, some cheeses and all kinds of stuff. We had some stuff for salad, and it made at least one, sometimes two meals a day for us that we didn't have to spend at the park. Now, that's not to say that we didn't splurge a little bit. I mean, we did go out one day in particular and eat at Wine Bar George at Disney Springs, um, but that was sort of our celebration meal of, you know, hey, you know, we, we've we earned made this. It we've, the- we've made it through this catastrophe of a year, and through eye surgeries and job losses and job gains and, you know, all kind of craziness that we had going on. This trip was really a mental break. This was, we were, we were fatigued at home from constantly having to worry about the job and worry about the eye and worried about money. And, you know, it was one of those things where we felt like we needed to get away to sort of have a reboot in our, in our in our personal psyche just to have some happiness and this did a lot of that this definitely refreshed us so we got there let's see so we got there on monday and we actually drove down on sunday evening uh, late afternoon spent the night with my parents which was great we got to eat dinner with my parents spend the night with them we and it's only three and a half hours from my parents house to to the actual resort to walk to actually get onto the grounds of Walt Disney World. And we were in our room was not ready by the time we got there. We probably got there a little bit before eleven o'clock. It was right around say. eleven. Right yeah. around eleven. We were actually we, we had to go to our resort and get our magic bands because this trip was booked so late that they did they did not mail our magic bands. I think you have to be at least like several weeks, maybe even a month out before they will actually ship your magic bands. If you book within a month's time that your arrival date, they leave the magic bands for you at the uh, at your hotel at the uh, where you check in front desk. And we purchased, you cannot get free magic bands anymore. They no longer offer free ones. You have to pay for them. They are $5 a piece for the standard generic ones. Now, you can pay all kinds of prices. They have them in the range anywhere from $5 to $25. We did just the generic bands. It was $10 and some change. Paid for those, and they had them at the front desk. So we went to the front desk, got our bands, and we were in the Animal Kingdom by noon yeah, so, so the, the room wasn't ready, and we knew that we were probably going to go to the Animal Kingdom on our first day. Because uh, they closed at 5. Because they, they closed at 5, and also, there's only seven rides there, so it's not like we could spend all day there anyway. Um, I mean, I'm sure we've done that in the past, just you know, doubling back and riding things multiple times. And there's plenty to look at. You could definitely walk around there for a full day. And, and if it if it was 100 percent capacity, yes, it would take you all day to do that kind of stuff. But at 35 percent capacity, we knew that we could do a lot of things pretty quickly. 
And there was a couple of things we could skip because they're not running anymore. Um, you know, right away when we got in the park, we knew we wanted to go to the Avatar Land and ride on the Flight of Passage. Now, I will say, while we were talking about the Skyliner for a second, uh, the Skyliner does not go to Animal Kingdom, so we knew we had to drive there. This is the first time we've ever drove there. In the past, whenever we stayed on Disney properties, we we've always buses. taken the bus, or if there is a monorail, we've taken the monorail, and this one doesn't go there, so we drove. <clears throat> now, driving was not bad. It was a piece um, of cake. Google Maps and the signs help you very easily. Um, parking was easy. They, there's people there to guide you, and they guide you and distance you enough so that you can get out of your car and wear your mask in plenty of time to not run into other people. And, and if you stay on a resort, if you stay at a Disney resort, you do not have to pay for parking at the parks. Right. You pay for parking at your resort. Which you pay is, for parking at your for resort. For us, we looked it up, and it was $15 a day at our park. Um, I know it goes up when you stay at different resorts depending upon their level. Um, this is sort of a budget place that we stayed at Pop Century. Um, but it was only $15 a day, and that was factored in. So, you know, it wasn't like we had to go in and then pony up more money. It was already factored into the price. But, again, then you can drive to the other parks, and you don't have to pay extra. So this is the first time we've done this, and they're not running trams because they don't want people getting close to each other like that. So you do have to walk. Good thing is we're in decent shape, so walking wasn't that bad. Well, there was with the low capacity, we were we were not far. Maybe five minute walk. I mean, we if if five minutes. Yeah. I mean, we we probably wasn't even a quarter of a mile from yeah from the the park entrance. And as soon as we got in, we 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 noticed right away that they were not doing bag checks like they used to do. Now they have these special body scanners, body scanner things. Probably it's basically like walking through the airport. More, yeah. Probably more advanced than the airport. These these actually scan your bag and you as you yeah. walk through it. You don't have to stop. Uh, they want you single file walking through, and if they detect something they need to take a look at, they say, hey, we need to see you over here. We didn't stop one time. No. We walked through every single one of them just straight through. Uh, was able to get up to the counter, do our little scanner magic band thing to it. To, that way they can recognize that you're here, you have a reservation for the park, and you're right in the door. And I don't think we ba- we barely stopped to do that. I yeah. mean, we made a beeline over to the Pandora section, and we're looking at our My Disney app on our phones, uh, which is very helpful. Uh, right away, it shows you what all the wait times for all the rides are. Yes, I would suggest anybody that's going... Download that. Download that app. That app is amazing. Which you don't have to. You don't have to second guess it. It's everywhere. Everywhere you walk around, you'll see Q codes, and it says download this app, and this will help you do everything. And it does. Now, one of the things I was thinking about, which I didn't mention earlier to you, was I bet that helps also in regulating the crowd in the park because if one area has like a really long wait for a popular ride, it fluctuates people to another side of the park to then kind of balance it out that way not everybody's in one side because before you didn't know you'd have um, to just walk over there and go i really want to ride this and you may have a lot of people standing around whereas this you well, look I at think, it and go yeah, let's go to it, this side of the park well i think it shows it I, i'm i'm sure it's very helpful with wait times yeah that you can look down at your phone now and see wait times where before you had to find the big reader boards that they would have in different sections of the park. So most definitely, I'm sure the other reason they like for you to keep your location services turned on, which if you turn your location services on, on that app, it shows you, it it shows you walking. So it 
you don't have to use the paper map. Can you imagine the amount of paper they've been able to cut down right. on? Right. Plus, you're hands-free. So if you're worried about COVID, you're not touching anything. You're only but touching your, your phone. phone. Um, plus, the app also helps when you're doing food. Uh, whenever you want to order some food, basically, you just go on to the thing and search which restaurant you want to eat at. You can order your food from your phone, pay for it on your phone. You click a time when you say you're going to arrive. When you walk up, you hit I've arrived, and then they start cooking your food. And then when it's done, your phone will alert you and say your food is ready. Show this to someone, and you can yeah. pick it up at this window. That's another That's another thing I hope they keep even after COVID. Which was very is convenient. Very, very convenient. It, it t- takes out a lot of confusion. And um, a lot of the long lines. Remember yes. how the lines used to back up at the quick service? Yes. For, you know, especially during the lunch hour, people would be lined up. And then you have to struggle with a tray full of food and drinks back through the crowd to try to find a table. Now, mind you, the 35% capacity had the crowds that had a lot to way do lower. Yeah. But I do like the fact that they didn't want people piled up. At the, mo- at the ordering sites for food. But we noticed that on all the lines. I mean, they did a, they have done an amazing job of marking the ground and making sure that people stay a good distance apart yeah. when they're waiting for rides. And Most like, of like I was saying, us, us arriving there, we were able to look on the app and see that we, we wanted to ride Flight of, the Bat, uh, Flight of Passage, which is the the Avatar ride where you're riding on that big dragon-looking thing. And we noticed right away, like, the wait time only said, like, 15 minutes. And I was like, well, that basically means we can walk right on the ride. Yeah. And we did. We walked right over there and did not stop from the time we hit the gate where it said standby. And we walked straight through the queue, around the corners, and walked right onto the ride and got on the... The next thing I know, we were flying on a Banshee. Yeah. So that was really cool. Um, I don't know what the appeal... Oh, we were talking about this. There's another ride in that area called the Navi River Ride, which I've said before is my least favorite ride anywhere on Disney property um, because it's so boring. But it had like a hour wait every time we looked at it. And my wife made a comment that it's very peaceful and very pretty. And a lot of people want to ride it with their kids because it's something they can do with their kids. And their kids can look around and go like, oh, look, it's so pretty, you know. And it is pretty. But it's, it's a really dumb ride, in my opinion. It's really boring. I wouldn't say it's a dumb it's ride. It's a dumb ride. It's my least favorite ride. It doesn't tell a story. There's no there's no plot line. There are no dumb rides at Walt Disney World. Oh, that's the dumbest ride. So anyway, <laughs> agree to disagree. Uh, <laughs> so we moved on from there, and we went up uh, near the uh, Kilimanjaro Safari, which is cool because it's like, it's like riding in a giant Jeep through an actual zoo. But this is a little more interactive. This is The animals have more of a free range here. And we've got to see a lot about this place on our Disney Plus app, on our on our TV. Um, we've seen some of the behind the scenes. They have like a, it, there's, I don't know if it's part of the the Natural Geographic part of it um, or if it's part of the Disney part of the Plus Disney. part. If you have Disney Plus, I would recommend watching the behind the scenes of the Animal Kingdom part. They show a lot about them caring for the animals and the things that they do to try and rehab them if there's an injury and uh, ways they can monitor their health and all kinds of stuff like that. And it made it a lot more interesting to understand that these animals are probably better taken care of here than anywhere else they could possibly be. Um, There is a lot of thought and care that goes into it. And the safari was cool. When we got off the safari, though, we were walking out and we just happened to notice something we'd never seen before. It was something called the Gorilla Falls 
walkthrough or something like that? Trail. Gorilla Falls Trail. And we were like, what is this? And we happened to walk over there and we saw gorillas. And we were like, holy cow, look at this. And it it looks like they had kind of set aside some area of land so that they could free roam around and, and, beautiful. and live, you know, a pretty normal-ish life. I mean, is way more normal than they I've ever seen any animal have in a zoo. Um, they had a lot of land to kind of maneuver around and, and... But it was just beautifully landscaped. They had the actual... They had a waterfall. Yeah. I mean, it was really pretty. They had lots of, you know, different plants growing and trees growing that they eat that they can forage themselves. And they had, you know, they were obviously taking care of the fact of, you know, we want to make it as normal for these guys as possible and, and also, you know, give them tasks to do. And, and I guess growing plants in a certain way allows them then to eat the plants that they're used to eating. And I know it's still a zoo, and I know some animal rights people are like, yeah, but it's still, they're in, they're in a jail. And, and listen, this is a really nice environment. And we were blown away at the access from our walking trail. Our walking trail was far enough away, but close enough that you could see everything. And it was just awe-inspiring to get that close to, to real gorillas. I mean, there was moments where we're looking at them, and I'm thinking... You never realize how massive they are. These, these guys are huge. Like, their, their, their skull is, yeah. like, is like 20 times my size. I mean, it's like a football helmet, wearing a football helmet size head. Like, jeez. Um, I yeah. just wondered why they called them silverback gorillas, and when I saw one that close, you can tell that the hair looks... It has a silver color. That's where they got their names. Yep. And we, we were leaving that area... And we just happened to notice another area called Rafiki's Wildlife something or other. Something uh, like that. Rafiki's Planet Watch. Planet Watch. Yeah. And we had seen the Tim Tracker on YouTube uh, take his family over there. And we knew that there was like a petting zoo area with like goats and stuff. But we'd never been on the ride. And we thought, let's just ride over there and see what it's like. There's a little train where you basically sit on these bench seats and look outward in one direction. And it takes you on this train that kind of goes around. And you see a little bit of behind the scenes of the zoo type stuff. And there's it's kind of neat seeing the buildings that say like the cheetah area and the, the, the elephant area and the rhino area. And, and then you get over to the little petting zoo type place. And there are sections where you can go in and you can pet sheep and goats and that kind of stuff. But then off to the right, there was an exhibit that had amphibians and reptiles and uh, insects of all kinds of varieties that you could see. Um, That building is actually called Conservation Station. There was also a... Um, veterinarian, cl- they veterinarian have, clinic they medical facility there. where there's like a glass there's a few areas where you can actually watch them take care of the animals if they happen to be in a situation where that's happening and you see that on Disney Plus I think there's an episode where they're working on a cheetah that has a, a problem with its leg yeah they and have they have MRI machines cat the, the scanners I mean they have a full medical facility that you actually get to see but if they're working on the animal there, you can actually, as a guest, just happen to be there when they're doing it and watch it happen, which is interesting in the way they do that. I mean, that, that shows a lot of confidence in their abilities, <clears throat> but also in the fact that they want to show people, hey, look, we're trying to take care of these animals, which I thought was very, very thoughtful. Um, there is an area also, at, we noticed around the corner, <clears throat> excuse me, that has uh, draw your favorite uh, Disney animal. And there's like a guy giving instruction 
and there's people spread out in a crowd with these little chairs and, and drawing pads and stuff like that. And he would basically teach you how to draw something. I mentioned it to my mom, and she said while she was there, they were teaching people how to draw like the, the Beast from Beauty and the Beast. Um, when we were there, they, we were watching them teach a crowd of people how to draw Dumbo. It was really cool to see the the ears being drawn a certain way and and you know they were all going along with him as he's doing it on like an overhead type thing uh, very cool so that was a lot of fun we actually rode everything we wanted to ride and and the cool thing was with the lower capacity of the crowds we we rode everything we wanted to ride and plus even got to take in a few things that we've never ever done before because we're always waiting in line to ride the main attractions so we we've got we got to discover more of the park this time than we ever have before and we left there we left there at like 3 30 because by that time and we we were only there about three and a half hours because the temperature had dropped drastically the wind was blowing i mean it dropped 10 degrees in those three and a half hours. Yeah, I went in the park wearing shorts, and we had taken like a light jacket, and we were actually on the uh, Everest ride, uh, the, the the roller coaster, and it was the second time that we rode it that we went up high, and all of a sudden this biting cold shot through me as the wind whipped, and I was like, "Oh crap, it's really cold." I, I made a horrible decision wearing wearing shorts and not pants, and I hear my wife going, "See, I told you you should wear pants." <laughs> so we. We were like, all right, let's you know, let's let's uh, let's work our way out of here. So we kind of worked our way yeah, around the park. Yeah, we had already um, long since gotten the text that our room was ready. Yeah, that's the that's the park that we shared the. Um, I would recommend the for as a snack, and we actually split it because it was a pretty big snack. We went to the Flame Tree Barbecue quick service and we got an order of macaroni and cheese pulled pork macaroni and cheese that was amazing yeah it was really delicious and it was shareable like like we just ordered one and uh and it was plenty of food for us to share to kind of get us through to dinner time um and we didn't eat it till late i mean that was probably around three when we ate Yeah, i think around three because Um, we left there soon after that as it was getting colder i was like let's get out of here because we'd already rode everything uh, we skipped a bug's life this time, which we don't normally do, but we were like, eh, we can skip it. It's too cold. Let's, let's just go get on out of here and go check in our room. So we left and got checked into our room and kind of did a regrouping. We put on some yeah. pants. And, and Pop Century, we've stayed at Pop Century before. We stayed at Pop Century 2015 when I ran the Princess Half, my first Princess Half Marathon. Now, I will say this. Okay, they refurbished the rooms, and they're they, much, much They've nicer. refurbished the rooms. The rooms are extremely nice. They've gotten their Wi-Fi a lot faster than the last time we were here. I, I made a complaint last time that I thought that the Wi-Fi was extremely slow. Uh, it's much better now. Um, but if I could make a recommendation, I don't know if anybody from Disney will ever listen to this, but if you're staying at like Pop Century or Art of Animation or one of these hotels, it would be really helpful if you knew how to look at your hotels to find out where to park. Some of these, I want to say, are laid out in a pattern that looks like three spokes of a wheel going in different directions, and there's parking all around that area, but you don't know which part of the building you're in. Like us, for example, we were in the 50s style of the building because this pop century goes through the years it has the building that are set up for the 50s the 60s the 70s 80s and 90s so we were in the 50s which all of those are colored a different color when you're in each section so we were no we knew we were in 
the buildings that were marked with a two on it. But again, there's three sets of buildings and we didn't know which end of the building we were on, which area we were at. There's no out external information that tells you where you're supposed to go. And there's nothing until you get right up on the building to look at, even on the app. Like I thought for sure the app would say, oh, if you're staying here, you probably want to park in this area. I mean, that's, I know it's something silly and there's a lot of other things they're concerned about, but that would be one thing that would be extremely helpful to navigate uh, as, as well as to kind of serve as a function to move people around a little more conveniently. Um, we had to park, go out and find it, and then go find the car and move the car, which I'm sure that's what most people do. But again, that's just something that they could work on in the future. But the, um, refurb- the refurbished rooms are great. We actually have a video that we're going to put up on YouTube yep. that will show the tour of the room. We had a room with two queen-size beds, and uh, which that's kind of the route we go. We either do a king-size bed or we do two queens. Uh, and usually when we do two queens, we both sleep in each our own bed because we're used to sleeping in a king-size bed, and I just that's as small a bed as we want to sleep in. Well, I tend to work in my sleep, and when yeah. I do, I'll, I'll accidentally kick her or, or punch her in my sleep because I'm trying to my stupid brain won't stop working so i'll be in the middle of the sleep and and i'll i'll reach my arms out to grab something and i'll wake her up and wake me up and freak us both out and so it just works out better that way but uh but the cool thing about this room was with the refurbishment they did one of the beds is a murphy bed which hides in the wall yeah so you have a murphy bed that's actually a table with two chairs that you can we use it to sit to sit and eat at um also you know to do a little bit of office work uh, it worked good for my wife as well when she was going to put on her makeup in the morning to set the her makeup mirror on it um but when it was time to go to bed we could pull it down now again another recommendation they didn't put any information to say hey by the way this is a murphy bed um I kind of wonder how many people stay there and never realize that that's a bed that pulls out of the wall. All I got to say is if anybody stays there and doesn't realize that's a bed, then they are doofy. Because there was two large handles on either side of the wall of that box that was the bed. Anybody with any... I just don't get how anybody wouldn't think that that was a bed. Or that they wouldn't want to pull on the handle to see what happened. Right. So I looked at it and I was, and, and my first question was, I've never done one of these. I don't know how this works. But again, I just pulled on it and everything works smooth. I mean, I'm sure that they. The table folds under the bed and becomes the support for the bed. Yeah, it, it like does this transformer thing where it like folds down underneath and becomes like support for it. And I'm sure that when they were building it, they debated whether or not to put a sign up and someone went, if they can't figure it out, that's on them. Uh, yeah. Kind of like you just said. I mean, it is one of those things where it is sort of dummy proof. I mean, it is smooth. There's tensioners there to kind of slow it down so you can't slam it down. You can't slam it up. I mean, it's it's kind of dummy proof. But at the same time, I thought it would be kind of nice if there was a, a, a little note saying... This is a Murphy bed. If you pull here, this you know what I mean. It's just one of those things well, where I would think if you rented a, if you rented, one, I mean not rented. But I like to think reserved, that we're the smarter of the guests, and there may be dumber guests well, that go. I, would think I don't know. Any guest that rent that reserves a room with two beds, and then you walk in the room, and there's only one queen size bed there, but yet there's this box looking thing that looks like a cabinet with two big handles on it. I, 
I would think that you would have the wear for all to say, okay, that must be a bed in there. I'm, Maybe. You know, I, like say, again, the first I, thing you're missing if you're renting, if you're if you're reserving a room with two beds and you walk in and there's only one there, you'd be like, where's my other bed? I, I still tend to say that we're on the higher end of the spectrum of, of the thinkers of Boy, people who stay there. Know, right? I know, because I, <laughs> I, I don't give myself a lot of credit when I should, but yeah. That's, so anyway, uh, the room was nice. Again, lots of uh, places to plug in stuff with USB yes, ports and stuff like that. that. TV was very nice. Uh, all the controls worked nice. Very clean. You can tell that a lot of cleaning had been done. They've, re- they've um, taken out carpet and put down the laminate top flooring. Yep. The which, shower was nice. Although yes. we do, we did make a point that we kind of wish there was a bathtub so that we could soak our feet. Um, the shower was really nice, although the water pressure was extremely low. Uh, plenty of hot terrible, water. The hot water never seemed yep. to quit. It was it was constant the whole time, which was great. Um, good lighting. Um, everything was really comfortable. The room. Uh, the only complaint we really had about the room had nothing to do with Disney. Um, one of our roommates in a room next to us was smoking dope at night and we could smell weed in our room every night when we got back from the park and it was a little overpowering uh thank goodness we had some spray to spray but you know i know disney can't really do anything about that but it's just one of those things of being considerate i guess of other guests and they were not so uh nothing to do with them and thankfully we had some spray that worked really great but the reason we booked this place was as my wife was saying it's near the skyliner and that was one of the things that we were curious about using and my wife had a good indication from listening to her podcast that it would make it really convenient to get around and we never realized we never had been on it and it was super convenient it was it is contiguous loading um very safe very smooth very comfortable especially with the weather colder like it is we made a comment that riding on it it may get a bit warm in the summertime. It may be un- a little intolerable in right, the summertime. Because the gondolas, the cabins, each cabin on the Skyliner is not air conditioned. They right. They do have th- two to three windows on each front and back. Front and back, and the sides have some windows that that during the summer months they'll be able to open those up for ventilation. Yeah, so they're constantly moving, so you get some wind flow through there. And I've heard on podcasts of people that's wrote that has been in them during the summer that they are not they are not terrible. I mean, it, it is warmer, but because there is no air condition on them, but but it's not it's not terrible. Right. So I, I mean, I get it. it. It is such a fast mode of transportation. It is way better than the buses. We had to take the bus. To we made a decision to take the bus. I'll put it that way. Well, to the, the to, uh, to the Magic Kingdom on Monday after we checked into the room and got settled in the room. It was about five five o'clock. We decided to leave the room and and we wanted I wanted to just ride the the new Skyliner. We'd never been on it before. Just over to Hollywood Studios and kind of do a time. To we see how long we were, we were testing it out. We wanted to see how long it would take us to get from our room to Hollywood Studios because Tuesday was our Hollywood Studios day, and it was the main agenda for that day was going to be the Star Wars land and getting on the Rise of the Resistance ride, which we'll talk about whenever we get to that ride. But 
we, we just wanted to make sure we I wanted to make sure we had our ducks in a row. So yeah. we walked out of our room. I timed it. We we walked. We shut the door of our resort at five o'clock, and by five fifteen, we had gotten on the Skyliner, rode over to the Caribbean Beach Resort got off of the Skyliner there and got onto the Skyliner going straight to Hollywood Studios and we were pressing our magic bands up against the turnstile to get in Hollywood Studios by 515. Yeah. And a bus, no matter how fast the buses used to run, they do not run that fast now. Yeah, we... Uh, you would have never gotten there in 15 minutes. We did it as a test run, like she was saying, uh, because we wanted to be prepared for the next day. And right away, we both made a comment, oh, this is really nice. Like, this is... They, they were clean. They they're were comfortable. Quiet. They're quiet. Um, the lines, again, moving continuously, we never stopped moving to get on them, which was really nice. Um, again, there's markings everywhere for social distancing. For the most part, people stuck to that. Every once in a while, you get a family of idiots that wants to climb up behind you, or you get lazy people in front of you that they'll take up three different markers because they're all looking at their phones. But everybody basically does a really good job of staying on their marker and paying attention to when it's their time to move up. And there's lots of hand sanitizer places around the oh park. Oh, my gosh. Now, they have... There's thousands of hand sanitizer. There's thousands and thousands and thousands of hand sanitizer pumps everywhere. Now, I made a comment that I thought that some people are addicted to the hand sanitizer. There, there are some people, in my opinion... Well, I noticed kids playing with them. ...that are super addicted to touching everyone they pass. Like, whether they've touched anything or not, they can't not touch the hand sanitizer thing for the to dispense some in their hands every time they like i we've passed we've been in line behind people and they'll they'll get it from every one of the containers like in a in a random line where you may have 20 canisters they'll get hand sanitizer every single one of them i'm like you haven't touched anything why are you i think it's really an obsession for some people and as the day goes on they do run out and we notice like a, a yellow light will light up whenever they're run out and people get mad, like, I can't believe there's no hand sanitizer. And I'm like, you just, you touched everyone in the park. I... Anyway, that's that's my own little argument I have with the whole thing. But very clean, very conscious, very thoughtful of Disney to do all of that. Um, if anybody has any concerns, that's definitely not an area of concern that we had. I did not feel unsafe. Nope. As far as COVID... I now, mean, I did not feel unsafe, not one time. Now, my wife made a comment that we rode our separate uh, Skyliner from our resort, which actually sits between Art of Animation and Pop Century. There's a waterway and a, a walkway. A bridge called the Generation Gap and that, is the name of the bridge. And that's where one end of it is. Now, from our hub, station. it goes over to a center hub. The center hub is located at the Caribbean Beach Resort. Right. And from there, you have to offload to do something else. Now, once you're there, you can get on one that takes you over to Hollywood Studios, which is what we did a lot. And there's another one that takes you over to two different areas. It makes a stop at the Riviera Resort, which I think we may stay at next time, because we actually got off there one day just to look around to see what it was like. It's, it's the very, resort. It's very pretty. Um, it looks like it's French, like the French Riviera. Um, French-themed, really beautiful. Um, 
we may look into that one next time. It's, it's it kind of took our breath away as far as the way it was set up and the way it looks. I'll, I have videos of that as well, and I'll I'll incorporate that into my into my YouTube uh, this coming week. But that line also curves at the Riviera, and you don't have to get off if you don't want to get off there. It curves and goes on towards Epcot, and it does let out at Epcot, which is really convenient. Um, it does make another turn on it that you don't actually it don't actually stop. It just comes to like a hub that just makes a right angle, and you just ride on it around the little corner, and then it takes off again. And super convenient, super, super, super convenient. Well, with the lower crowds, they are not. I'm sure during full capacity, whenever things get back to some more of a normal than what we've got now, once this vaccine is out more, I'm sure they will put. And they did in the beginning when this Skyliner first opened. They will pretty much fill the car, the each gondola up, so you may be on there with another party, depending on how large your party is. Yeah. Now, because the way things are now, they are only putting one party in a gondola. So if you are a family of five, you get one to yourself. If you are by a yourself. couple, you get one. If you're by yourself, you get just one. So that's that's definitely great for the social distancing going on right now. But Yeah, I, no, I noticed on the cars they have a sign that says, that you can have eight to ten guests yeah. on a car, depending upon the size of your party. You can push a stroller. The, the There's sidewalk, room for a hover around yeah, or a the, stroller. The, or a stroller. The sidewalk does not move, but the gondolas slow down so slow at the stations that it is absolutely no problem walking from the sidewalk straight into the gondola or stepping out of the gondola onto the sidewalk once you get to the platform. Yeah. There was no, no problems with that at all. So we're a big fan of the, of the Skyliner. We hope that they continue to build more of those. Yes, I hope they build that on out some more. I, I really hope they build that to go to the, the Magic Kingdom because for us, that was the least enjoyable part of the trip was the bus. So the reason I say that is... We went to get on a bus to head there. We decided not to drive because we felt that driving, it is the most busy park of all of them. It's the one everybody goes to. And if we drove, we would have, probably have to walk you know, a good two miles to get to where the thing is because we knew they weren't running trams. And by this point in our journey, my ankle was starting to kill me because we'd, we'd made, made way more walking steps than I had done in the previous several months combined. Uh, I think the first day we counted it up and we did how many steps the first day? We did, uh, we did over 10 miles the first day. We did over 10 miles worth of walking the first day. Tremendous amount of walking. So needless to say, by the time it was our time to go to Magic Kingdom, my left ankle was killing me. And I was like, ah, let's just take the bus. Now, from our hotel, it, we probably sat there for 30 minutes waiting for a bus to arrive to pick us up. And then once we got in the Magic Kingdom, we were okay. We got to ride lots of stuff in the Magic Kingdom. A lot of stuff we don't normally ride, like, you know, we did Peter Pan, which we randomly do. Huh? Now you're on Thursday. We'll go back to that. Okay. That's the highlight. we got to talk about Star Wars last. So, (laughs) that's called a teaser. So, anyway, uh, the Magic Kingdom was great. Obviously, they're not doing fireworks right now because they don't want people socially gathered like that, really close. Um... I want to say we were in that park by, what, 11 o'clock, maybe? Yeah, 
and we stayed till closing. And we rode everything we wanted to ride. But we did not leave out of there. They closed at 7 that night. We did not leave out of there till a little after 7. But it was, it, to me, of all the times I've been, I've never seen the crowds that low in the Magic Kingdom. We walked right on to Space Mountain. Uh, you know, we did have to wait a little bit. I, I guess the longest wait we had all week was we waited for the seven for the uh, seven dwarfs mine train the yeah. snow white ride that was probably 50 minutes was probably our longest wait for any ride that we did all week yeah but um we did everything we wanted to do in the magic kingdom and plus i've never seen the castle with so few people or main street usa with so few people yeah we got some really great photos really close with nobody around us um which will be on our youtube channel going over to space mountain when we when we were over there we noticed the construction for the tron coaster and we were blown away at the size of it not only the coaster but the building that's attached to it because part of this ride is indoors um most of the rides indoors. most of the rides indoors there is a, a a canopy structure that they're building for it also that's going to be lit up there's lots of video online if you're curious as to what it looks like. It's actually in Shanghai. There's Shanghai is where they got the idea. They built a Tron coaster there. And it looks like you're on motorcycles from the movie Tron, uh, you know, in like a formation. And you're riding together along this crazy adventure. And we were curious as to what it would look like. Well, when we got off of Space Mountain, we said, hey, let's let's ride on the little go-karts over here at the, the Speedway. The speedway. And I think we can get a better view. And sure enough, we did. We got really close. And my wife even shot some video while I drove us and banged us around our, our funny little car. Uh, <laughs> but you can tell that construction is moving right along. They have an infrastructure of uh, steel that they're going to have to remove at a certain point. But it's helping hold everything up as they're putting some of the more decorative art and artistic pieces up around the outside yeah, a lot of the guys, railing is done for the track we saw guys welding up there yeah yeah really cool um so anyway that's going to be on the youtube on the youtube channel as well so be sure to check that out um but again we got to kind of pluck rode, around in areas yeah. we don't normally go we went over to the tune area and rode on goofy's barnyard barnstormer adventure uh little roller coaster for kids and it was pretty cute yeah um, it was pretty small. We ate it, a, um, we actually got to eat a, uh, cinnamon roll at Gaston's, which yeah, was we, the size of your head. We'd watched the, the Disney food blog, uh, on YouTube, uh, had, had gone over there. What's, what's the lady called? Uh, well, DFB, it's actually the Disney food blog. It's called DFB. She has videos that they post almost daily and she does a great job of, breaking down the food snacks what she what they think is good what they think is not worth the money where you can get a snack or a meal that is you get more for your money and one of the snacks that i had heard her talk about for years was the cinnamon roll at gaston's and every time we went that area is always so crowded with families because it is in fantasy land that we usually just say nah it's not worth it let's skip that area but this time, because of the lower capacity of the crowds, we were able to walk right in, get a cinnamon roll that was the size of a paper plate for $3.99. So we, and, and we sat down and had, we split that. We got photos of that as well. That will be on there. Yeah. And also, I want to comment, 
the cleanest restroom yeah. over there because I guess because it's kind of tucked away and it's newer. A lot of people don't know it's over there. I think that's the Beauty and the Beast. Is that the Beauty and the Beast bathrooms? Because there's tangled bathrooms and then there's Beauty and the Beast bathrooms. That must be the Beauty and the Beast bathroom. Yeah, bathrooms. really clean. Really because they're clean. right on the other side of the wall of Gaston's uh, snack. It's like a little snack tavern. Yeah. Yeah, that was phenomenal. Um, and again, with COVID and with the lower population, they still have done an incredible job of keeping all of the restrooms extremely clean and well stocked. Um, and never, we were never walking out of there not going, wow, that's, that's really clean in there. I mean, it was noticeable. I'll put it that way. So, great day at Magic Kingdom. We got to ride everything we wanted to ride. Matter of fact, at the end of the night, we ended up on. Uh, Big Thunder Railroad more than once. Yeah. Uh, just Although it was chilly. <laughs> just, it was just because it was like, hey, there's no wait. Let's get this do it again. Yeah. And so we. Because we pretty much walked on twice, right? Yeah. And it was great. And, and by the end of the night, it was really, I don't know if the word is romantic, leaving there with nobody around. All the lights on from them. As they're shutting down things, there's certain ambient lights on. Um, it was really beautiful to walk through there and just have nobody around uh we walked out and <clears throat> got some last minute photos and of the castle at night all lit up pretty love the new paint job that they put on the castle yeah, it's, beautiful. it's very vibrant very beautiful uh we had heard that they had painted it different for the special projection show that they do it just shows up better uh, whenever they do their their new digital imaging projection show. When they do the fireworks, which you're not doing right now. Which is incredible. I mean, but honestly, I didn't... I know you're a fan of the fireworks. I didn't miss the fireworks. Even if they'd have done something on the castle intermittently through the night, which they may have done, we weren't up there, it'd have been cool. It'd have been one of those things like, oh, look, how pretty, you know. Um, yeah, I miss them. I, mean, I know, I, you're the a fireworks ever fan. After. You're you're the you're like the show. Yeah, I like the I've always liked the fireworks. I will admit though that the last time we saw the fireworks there and they did the 360 fireworks all around us during that one spot, that was amazing. Yeah. It was like a panoramic view of things going off. It was like whoa, you know. Um, of course, when we left there, we went. Uh, let's the see, buses went and got in line for the bus. Forever. And that took over an hour while they were loading buses. Well, now. The there social is, distancing on the buses yeah. is what made that so much harder. There's several resorts right now that are not open because they're not capable of handling the capacity um, or because they're doing renovations. So there were a lot of people staying at Pop Century. Um, and so there was a long line. Now, with that and with the fact that their buses, they're having to distance people from each other on the buses, they have a group of people, the bus driver and someone else usually that's helped loading him, making sure that people are distanced from one another and that on the buses there's plexiglass in between sections so that you're not like right up on somebody else but they can only fit so many people on each bus which took forever what normally would have taken maybe two one or two buses what, I, what we call the slinky dog buses the bigger buses with, with the, the accordion yeah what would have taken probably what two buses wound up taking maybe five buses to get that amount of people yeah uh, and of course you have to wait for them to load and there was no unloading because the buses were empty but you have to wait for them to load everybody count make sure they're in the right seats then you have to wait for the bus to pull away and then you have to wait for another bus to pull up so i'm glad of the five days we were there we only 
opted to use the bus one of those days. Yeah. Because that would have drove me crazy. And if they would have had a Skyliner gondola system there, we would have definitely opted for that because that would have been continuous loading. We wouldn't have to wait as long. We did have to wait a long time um, leaving on the Skyliner the first night that we left from the Hollywood Studios. Studios. No, it was not a long time. But, again, continuous loading, we never stopped moving. That happened at Epcot as well, the night that we went to Epcot. We were in a very long line, but we never stopped moving to get on it. And, I don't know, there's something psychologically where if your brain, if you're thinking, well, at least we're moving, it's like, you know you have to wait, but it's not as bad if you're stepping up. You know, you you feel like you're getting somewhere. It just gives you a positive reinforcement of, hey, we're getting there. It's going to happen. So, I don't know. The bus doesn't work that way. The bus bus doesn't work that way. It's like you just sit there and wait for something to show up, and then you might get on it, you might not. And so, it's, it's sort of... It's sort of depressing. Now, I do feel bad for a lot of the bus drivers because I know a lot of them had to be laid off when all of this stuff started happening. And I'm sure with the lower capacity, a they had to lay a lot of them off as well. Yeah. Um, that had sad. to be devastating to a lot of people for their jobs, and I feel bad about that. At the same time, though, in saying that, I hope they make more Skyliners going to more places and we can utilize that a lot more because if I have that option, I'll never use the bus again. I know that's kind of bad, but I'm just... Um, it just is what it is. It's way more convenient. It's too convenient not to pass up. So, um, moving right along. Moving right along um, do you want to talk about Epcot before we talk about the, the you, big teaser of Star you Wars? talk about Epcot. That's okay, so Epcot. Uh, we rode the Skyliner to Epcot. We got there, you know, sort of later in the day. We weren't in a super hurry. Yeah, that's the day we met Connie and Eric for lunch. We had a plan to meet... A YouTuber, friend of mine, Eric Polston. You guys know him on YouTube, Eric Polston. Uh, he's on Instagram, Pops Polston. Uh, he is a 30-year veteran carpenter for Disney. Um, his wife happened to move down as a child because her dad got a job working for Disney in 71. And so she grew up as a Disney kid. Um, hang on, hang on. I'm on. I know, but... My sensor. He's... We have some traffic. Sorry. This is a road traffic podcast. And my podcast. husband forgets that I do know how to drive. I know, but he has to get over. So, anyway. Um, moving right along. We uh, met the Polstons. <laughs> See, you don't get this kind of content from the Tim Tracker. No. You get this from the Peaks. So, <laughs> uh, we uh, we met the Polstons for lunch at, at Downtown Disney at Disney Springs. Um, we, we got to burger. eat it. We've never eaten there before. We got to eat a deluxe burger, which is not spelled deluxe. It's spelled D-L-U-X-E. Um, kind of a pricey burger, but it was real tasty. Got to meet up with them. Uh, Eric had just, Eric and Connie had just visited my dad. Uh, you guys know him on YouTube as R-Peak. Um, they met up with him in Elberton, Georgia and hung out. And during that visit, uh, came across some wood that just happened to volunteer itself to be part of Eric's projects and Eric took it home and made he's, he's making crosses out of this cedar driftwood um, dad got the first one and I got the second one so thank you Eric for the special gift also I got a cool hat he got me like a Star Wars First Republic hat like an official like it looks like in the movies and I played around with it when we got back to the hotel room so 
Um, you'll see video of that as well on YouTube. And I'm sure I'll tease it here and there, but, uh, but that's coming. So anyway, we got to eat with lunch with them and talk to them about, you know, how they got into Disney, how this all started. Really cool conversation. Um, we'd love to hang out with them more, maybe go around the park and, and sort of get a tour from the insider's point of view. Um, I'd like to have them on the podcast. This is a shout-out to you, Eric and Connie, both, if you guys want to be on the podcast. We could do it via Zoom and, and sort of do that with my wife. That'd be fun. Um, so anyway. So it was a good 3 o'clock before we got to Epcot yeah, that day. Yeah, it was day. probably it was 2, 30, 3 o'clock, something like that, before we walked into Magic Kingdom. Epcot. Epcot, excuse me. Epcot. And still got to ride everything we wanted to. Now. I was really surprised. There's a lot of construction a, going on. A lot of construction. One of the main reasons we were going was we were really hopeful that the new Ratatouille ride was open. Uh, we had seen online that in the France Pavilion, they were working on getting it ready and that certain barricades had come down. It'll which, probably open next week. Yeah. Knowing our luck, it'll, it'll be open now. They'll be like, ah, oh, crap, you guys are on the road. Good. Now we can open it. <laughs> um, but we knew that the Skyliner makes its approach over near the World Showcase on the France Pavilion side. So we could see it from the Skyliner, which we did. I shot some video of looking at it, and it'll be on the YouTube as well. Um, we got to ride the Skyliner over, got to film it, got to look at all of it, and oogle and ogle at it, and, and hope and pray that it would open while we were there, and it didn't. Uh, but we got off in Epcot. We were able to go around. We, we basically walked right on to Soren. Um, we went and rode some stuff in the land and the sea, which is always a good ride. Um, again, walked right on each one of them. No waiting at all. Um, I think Test Track is the only thing we had to Test wait. Track is the only thing we waited for. Like 20 minutes, maybe? Something like that. We moved the whole time pretty yeah. much, right? Yeah, Test Track, we did have to wait a little bit. There is a concept car inside of Test Track's lobby when you first walk in that is a convertible that is very futuristic looking. At first, I thought it might be like a future concept vehicle of what the Corvette may look like, but I don't think so. I think it gave it a different name, like Miranmar or something like that. Some some weird name that starts with an M. It's very, very cool looking. Um, we also saw another version of a futuristic concept car for an, for an electric vehicle that was like a compact two-seater, almost like a smart car. But it's electric, all electric. They call it the EVC. Um, it looks like it was barely a car. I mean, <laughs> it was it, two people could fit in, but no groceries. It makes it look like the. It really looked like a version of a smart car, almost with its size. I mean, you could park it in a parking space sideways, sideways, yeah. and you would fit in perfectly. You know, two of them, and you take up the same space as one car. Um, it's a neat idea for a car. I don't know if they're ever going to do that. Uh, I don't know how it would do in a crash rating. I'm sure if you ended up in a crash, they'd go, look, something happened there, um, and you wouldn't know what it was. <laughs> but we waited the longest for for that ride. For that ride, yeah. But it wasn't bad. And then we moved on over to the countries. Yeah. Moved yep. over to the World Showcase. Yep. We did get to see the new barges that they've put in place on the Showcase Lagoon. Right, so they call them the the floating black tacos because they, they look, look like, like black giant floating ba black tacos. Now, my wife was telling me that she heard on one of the one of the different uh, podcasts she listens to that once they are operational, there's going to be five of them in the water, and that all day long it will be a fountain show. And 
I made a comment to her that the size of them, if they did that and there was water spraying in the air all the time, it may actually change the temperature of that area because it's going to cool it off. I would think that, you know, in the heat of the summer with water spraying around like that, it, it's probably going to change the temperature of that area. Um, I'd be curious to see what that's going to do. And, and also, what are your thoughts? I mean, if you had these things blowing air, blowing water into the air all day, do you think it would make an effect or do you think it'd be too far away? They're, they're actually putting them in place. They will be anchored down so they will not. Before, when they did the nighttime show illuminations, they moved the big barge with the big globe on it. That show had been there for years and a really, really long time. But they moved this one massive barge in and out of Showcase Lagoon every single evening before they would do the pyrotechnic show and fireworks, of which was Illuminations. When they went with this new show, the new show is going to be called Harmonious with a U.S. at the end for us. And it's going to be based around... Uh, the, the countries that are that are showcased in the World Showcase, but they've been working on this show for probably five years or longer, and these massive barges that they've built will have water screens that they will project things on, and there's going to be fireworks, but they cannot move these barges in and out like they did the one barge for illumination. So what I've heard on podcasts is these things are being anchored and they've got two in place now, and there's still more to go. But there is really no date as to when, maybe later this year, is when they hope to have the the first show. I guess a lot of that will depend on I'm gathering make, of people. I'm going to make a prediction: July 4th. No, I think they're they're not going to they're not even remotely. I think, July I think they're 4th. they're planning to have it by October 1st, which is the 50th anniversary of the Magic Kingdom, and they're expecting bigger crowds then, but I'm sure a lot of that's going to have a, a huge bearing on the COVID vaccination and how how many people have been vaccinated and, and all of that before they can up the capacity anymore. I don't think we're going to see Harmonious as a nighttime show until they can bring back all the fireworks because they don't want people gathering in large, ga- in large gatherings like that. And when we say they're big, giant black tacos, they... They're like the size of a small home. Yeah, I mean, they're big. They're, they're really massive. big. I mean, my first home was about a thousand square foot, and it looks like these things are bigger than my first home. Um, they're huge. They will definitely. They are. They will and already have the two that's in place. They do obstruct the view. If you are standing, let's say, at the top of the World Showcase Lagoon, and you're looking out at the different countries, there are some places where it does obstruct the view, but. They're planning on once all of them are in place is what I've heard on podcasts is they are going to, it's going to be like a water fountain type thing that runs continuously so that really you won't even know that, that the barge is the actual black barge is underneath there. Yeah. So you probably won't even see it. It may be like a continuous Bellagio type, you know, fountain event that just goes on all day. And you won't even notice that it's even there. It will um, obstruct the view of some of the countries, but you're just going to have to walk the world showcase and see the countries. Yeah, you just walk around. I mean, it's not like... I don't think random people are just randomly staring off at the water. No, I don't think so either. Except around maybe sunset. I mean, that's yeah. the one time that we find ourselves looking out going, oh, look how pretty. Yeah. 
but now we went from we did go from test track over to Norway we went over we walked to Mexico and we actually had thought about going into Mexico but the line was fairly long and there's not there is a nice little river ride in there but we've done it many many times so we just opted not to do that it was getting later in the evening we had not had anything since 11 o'clock that morning for lunch and we were getting a little hangry at that time so we went and stood in line for Frozen, which really wasn't bad. It was yeah, what, I think maybe it was 20 like minutes, 30 minutes, 20, 30 minutes, something like that. Um, continuous loading again. So we just kept moving through the line. Uh, there after was this, a we did, we did the snack after that. that we there had. was a bakery right beside the exit for there that we had seen Dolores, you know, watched on that Disney food blog on YouTube. Um, they had a couple of things that she really recommended trying, and one of them we got. We got the school bread, and it was delicious. There's a custard on the inside. It's a massive piece of kind of like a big, solid donut, I guess is how yeah. you would describe it. Yeah. And then on, in the center of it is a really great, creamy custard. Custard. It didn't really have any distinct and there's like flavor, maybe a vanilla flavoring of some kind. It wasn't super yeah. strong. And there's and, like a toasted and there's a coconut toasted coconut on, on top. top. And those three things together, when you got a bite of the the topping, the actual puff pastry, or wasn't really puff. It was more of a dense pastry. Yeah, it was like a cake pastry. Okay. But and it then was some of the some of the custard all together. It was super good. It was physically the size of what a Big Mac is supposed to be. Yeah. But not actually how they actually come out. But that, you know, like the picture. That's what. It, that's the size of it. It was definitely shareable. It was bigger than my fist. It yep. was. It was. It was shareable. Yes. Yep. That's that's kind of the point I wanted to make. Is, you know, for your money, I think it was maybe four bucks, and you share it. I think so it was four ninety nine. Yeah. Maybe five ninety nine. Totally worth it. Totally yeah. worth it. Yeah. We uh, a good snack. We had brought in some bottled water. You know, we were smart about the fact that we brought bottled water with us. Um, if you ask for a cup of ice, everybody everybody there will give you a cup of ice. We didn't actually need a cup of ice until the last day that we were at uh, the um, Disney Hollywood Studios eating at uh, Woody's Lunchbox. Uh, the rest of the days, it was cold enough where bottled water was just perfect. Yeah. Um, so anyway, now that's the Frozen Ride. The Skyliner a little bit longer. The Frozen Ride has always had a really long wait, but again, 35% capacity, really crappy weather. 20 minutes we were on the ride really nice ride that's where we i think first saw the digital mapping on the characters yeah that's the first because thing. they have the interactive olaf and anna and elsa and them talking and singing and moving and it's like oh look how cool because it follows you around it doesn't matter which angle you're at it still looks perfect every time and that's where we first saw this digital mapping of the characters that then transferred over to other rides because they were like, oh, this really works good. We've seen that stuff move over. Huh? Uh, hour 10. Want to break it up? No. We're about to land the plane. Okay. So, uh, <laughs> I've saved the best for last. So, we got... Well, well, that night is the longest we had to wait for the Skyliner. Was it ever? Right. Leaving there that night was but it, I mean, uh, like it, a 30 minute did, wait. Now, we did kind of... We, we did kind of walk slowly on around the rest of the showcase yeah. to the other countries, and we always make it a point to stop in France. I always like to get a Grand Marnier slushie. Yep. And that is, I can't drink all of it by myself. 
but I, we We're always team get, players. We, we help each other out. We always get one of those and split it because those are a little pricey. It's like a little twelve bucks for that and one drink. They always ask if you want a, a little extra Grandma Yay floater on top and. We always pass on that because we're light, lightweights. We don't need extra alcohol. But um, we always get that, and we always split. We always share that. Uh, we did walk over to the Ratatouille entrance uh, and took some photos near the entrance, all lit up in blue with the ironworks. So it was real pretty. Um, we walked into a pastry shop where there was a really long line, and we decided against the pastries. We were like, no, let's just go back to the room and eat. But now we actually left Epcot before it closed, right? But it was pretty close to closing. Right. Because it closes at 8 o'clock now. But then we had the line of 300 people that yeah. were waiting to get on the but Skyliner. But that line moved. I was but never... we made a comment line. that that was even better than the bus at Magic Kingdom. Yeah. Because, again, like I said, the mental aspect of you're, you're moving constantly forward. moving forward, you have an expected moment of we're gonna get there like it because it constantly moves you're never in a bad mood of oh geez this is so long you know i think the end of the line said 25 minutes and yeah. it sure did not feel like 25 minutes because we moved we never actually come to a complete stop yeah and if we did it was no more than a second or two before we moved on to the next and of course the line looks all lines right now look longer than they really are because they are social distancing you know? right and they're trying not to hold people inside the buildings socially distance. They're trying to socially distance people for the lines outside. Yeah. And that did make it a little more comfortable that you right. weren't cramped up in a building. Yeah. But we made it to our room that night, and that was... Almost a- every night we ended up eating between 8.30 and 9 o'clock, yeah. which is really late for us to eat dinner. But that's just sort of how it worked out. Not really a plan... It just worked out that way each time. So anyway, um, let's talk about the big, the big thing. This is the big thing. We went down here specifically to ride one of the newest rides, which is the Rise of the Resistance Star Wars ride. I'm a big Star Wars nut. My, my wife knows it. Everybody knows it. Um, they also have a new ride there called Mickey's Runaway Railway. Uh, which really involves the digital mapping of the characters. So we wanted to ride both of these rides. We knew that we'd been there. We'd been there one day on the first moment we got there to see the Millennium Falcon and Smugglers Run and ride it twice with no waiting. We basically walked right onto the Millennium Falcon, which was beautiful, uh, and got lots of photos of us geeking out. Well, lots of photos of me geeking out. Um, well, we got to see we got to see Star the Star Wars land, which is actually on our first day. Batu, 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 and we got to go there the evening. We went there the Monday evening, kind of. Are they last calling minute. that? Are they calling that Galaxy's Edge? It's Galaxy's Edge is the name. Or of the is land. it Batu? Or no, is it's, it... it the name of the actual thing? I, I don't know. Where does the Black we, Spire Outpost. Yeah, we saw we saw I mean, T-shirts that said Black Spire Outpost as well. The actual land is called Galaxy's, Galaxy's Edge. Edge. Yeah, and in Galaxy's Edge, you have the Smuggler's Run, which is a ride that includes the Millennium. You actually get to pilot or engineer the or, Millennium or Falcon, or operate the guns, or be a gunner on the Millennium Falcon. There is an actual. They have built an actual Millennium Falcon. Is actually there. You get. It is supposedly life size. I mean, it is amazing. It's massive. It is true to scale. 
everything that you'd hoped it would be. The detail on it is awesome. Really awesome. And then the only other ride in that land is the ride that came later. The Rise of the Resistance. It's called Rise of the Resistance. And, and it, it is the one that you cannot wait in line for it. It is amazing. Um, the, the land itself also has a bunch of different shops. There is an antiquity shop that we went into. Um, that's the one that had the... What they have in there? I can't remember. The crystals and... Yeah, yeah, the holocron crystals and there's different kinds of things that you can put into it to interact with other things. There's lots of people that have done videos on buying all of the crystals and showing you what all of them do. Uh, there's lots of things to buy droids. You can build, there's a build your own droid it's, shop. It's a droid depot. The droid depot, um, like a BB-8 style with the round one with the uh, magnetic head that rotates as it moves. Uh, we saw some kids playing with those. There's some that are R2-D2. Uh, there are some, there's some uh, C-3PO ones that I think just talk. I didn't see anybody actually playing with those. I don't think you buy those. They're either the trash can looking ones or the BB-8. Yeah. There's also one of the black ones that you see in the first movie, the 1977, the little tiny toaster oven looking thing that makes the little beep, 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 beep kind of noise and just scoots around. Um, there's some of those for sale as well. Um, we did get to go in the, the Droid Depot. And do we went in the Droid Depot. Film, we we, we did not go into the... There was a, a an experience that we were going to do before COVID happened of the lightsaber experience where you basically pick out your lightsaber, build your own lightsaber with your own kyber crystal and all kinds of cool stuff like that. Um, it was pricey, but it was one of those things we were like, eh, let's do it. You know, again, we were talking about a totally different trip then. And then when things changed, we were like, mm, all right, we're not doing that. I don't know exactly where that was at, um, but there's so much to look at. You're not really sure where things are until you get right up on it and ask somebody. Uh, we did try the, sounds, the, I mean the sounds. Oh, yeah, there was sounds coming from everywhere. We noticed, like, speakers hidden off into the trees where it would make ambient sounds. But also, like, parts of the buildings would have, like, droid-type sounds or conversations or you'd hear, like, you know, factory-type sounds coming from things. So it was like a working city. Um, it was very interesting and immersive. There was uh, the blue and green milk stand that we actually tried the blue milk. Not uh, a fan. Not a fan. Uh, it has we a, heard that the blue milk is better than the green milk. I didn't. We it, just tried the blue milk. It was fruity tasting. Yeah, it's um for we got how many ounces would you say that cup was? Uh, eight ounces. Eight ounce cup was eight dollars. Eight dollars and nineteen cent with change. Yeah. Not worth it. Nope. We wanted to try it to we say we tried it. it. But yeah, we. I was not going to throw it out for that price. We did drink it, but I would never buy that again. Yeah. If they're trying to compete with Butterbeer on that, they missed the mark. Yeah. Because Butterbeer, hands down, is way better oh, tasting. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'm not, I don't think anybody's trying to make blue milk at their house. A lot yeah, of people I, are trying to figure out how to make Butterbeer at the house. And I noticed several people walking by with cups. I noticed a crowd later, I guess yesterday, whenever you were kind of looking in the shops and I was just kind of kicked back, relaxing, watching people. A crowd of uh, four young ladies walked by and all of them had a cup of that. Some of them had green and some had blue and 
one girl was like, uh, this is so nasty, I'm just going to throw this away. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, for $8, you can't justify throwing it away. Yeah. Well, you have to suffer along and drink it. But we grew up poor, so <laughs> we, we tend to finish everything off. We're, Mama didn't raise no quitter. That's my slogan. Um, we did have lunch in there. We, we did eat. Lunch. We split a, a, a Ronto wrap, and I recommend the Ronto wrap just to try it so that you can say you've tried it. It's delicious. But it's not fourteen dollars delicious. No, it, it, well, it was twelve ninety nine. Thirteen ninety nine. Really? Yep. So this is something you can make on your own. It's like a sausage with a like a non bread, which is sort of like a pita type bread, real puffy kind of bread. Yeah, it's a thicker bread, right? And it's shaped like a taco. Um, it's just folded. All it is is folded. Um, there's the sausage on the inside, which is cooked great, tastes great, it's got a good flavor. There's some slaw in there. There's supposed to be some roast beef. I didn't actually see or taste any roast beef. Um, and it's filling. It is very filling. But also... But we also split one, too. If I'm spending $14, I'm going, or is the rest of it? Like, this is a this is normally for a full meal. Yeah, I think our pulled pork macaroni and cheese was cheaper. Yeah. And we got way more food. We did. Uh, but, again... It's one of those things where I still recommend getting it's it. It's a novelty thing when you're in Galaxy's Edge. But I would I would still tell people if you go there, like get one and split it with with somebody. Well, that's what you we know did. What I mean? We split a blue milk and yeah. we split a Ronto wrap. Yeah. So while we were in Galaxy's Edge to say that we've done it. So we, we spent all of $22 and I'm like, okay, we've done it. Um, we went back other days and we were a little bit hungry, but I was like, I'd rather not spend that money here. Let's try something else. Let's go somewhere else. Uh, again, I don't know. I can't imagine the expense that Disney has gone under trying to stay open, trying to still pay everybody and accommodate everybody and give everybody the Disney experience. I mean, I'm sure they're making money somehow, but they got to be hurting. So maybe it's different when they're 100% capacity. Well, I don't I have know. heard that on, on different podcasts that like Epcot, normally under normal circumstances, all of the countries employ people from those countries. So yeah. they speak the native language. They can answer questions that people ask from because they're from those particular countries. That's like an exchange program that they have. A lot of times that's college students exchange program. None of those people are now working in in the parks. If you uh, and a lot of times you can note you you will notice on their their uh, badge that has their cast member and their name it'll say what country they're from. None of that n- none of those people are employed right now. Disney, I guess, because of COVID and people had to go back and before they started shutting down travel restrictions and now you know they they haven't come back so they've opted to employ I guess they're bringing back people that are more local instead of the exchange program so yeah. now people that live in the Orlando area are the ones working in those countries now where before it wasn't that way so maybe a $14 Ronto wrap is helping pay part of their salary yeah. so you know in that aspect I get it but also like merchandise so walking through the area of Batu I'm I'm first of all blown away at the thought and care for the aesthetic look of everything, for the way it sounds, the way it looks, the way it's set up is very interesting. 
Um, obviously, COVID has thrown a new twist into it and, and has caused a little bit of a problem, but they figured it out with certain waiting lines and queues. Again, using the mobile phone app, the ordering a Ronto wrap or Blue Milk, you do it from your phone and you say, I'm here, and they, all right, we're serving you. Show this to so-and-so and come up to, to lane one and get yours. I mean, that was great. Um, shopping, though, is weird. I went up to an area that had some shops. It's near the restrooms in that area. And you had to wait in a really long line to even find out what the shops sold in them. And we had a day where I could do that. I waited in line, got up to the front. Yeah, it was yesterday. Got up to the front. And that then lets you go into an area where there's like four or five shops really close together. But you can't even get in there to see what they're selling until you go through that queue. And we had some time, and I, I told my wife, I said, I'm going to do this. The line looks kind of slow for this, or moving kind of fast for this one. Got in there. I did shoot a little bit of photo and a little bit of video, but it wasn't really enough to film. One shop had just some some soft, you know, plush animals. Uh, one room had some weird-looking action figures that were not any kind of action figure I would have ever bought as a kid. I don't know who thought they were cool-looking. Um, then there was one room that had uh, robes. If you were going to be a Jedi or a Sith, you could buy some actual robes. Nobody was in line for that because I'm sure they were way overpriced. Um, Might and have been, but I sure saw a lot of people dressed. There in. were a lot of people wearing them, yes. Uh, there was one room that had, like, regular merchandise. Like, you know, you would buy for your house a uh, shirt, some T-shirts, some... Uh, home stuff, you know, like coffee mugs and that kind of stuff. I looked at a t-shirt though, and it was $39 for a t-shirt. And I was like, no, not in any known universe am I spending $39 for a t-shirt. I don't care what you got on it. Plus it wasn't that cool. I mean, just looking at the design, I'm thinking you guys are missing the boat merchandise wise. There's so many things out now because of the Mandalorian popularity. You're missing out on Ahsoka Tano. You're missing out on Boba Fett, which I'm sure with them getting their own show, all that stuff's going to come around. But there's a lot of merchandising opportunities that they're missing out on. But there, are, there was also a lot of merchandise for the Grogu Baby Yoda. Yes, there was I mean, a that was ton. everywhere. But it also, I don't know about you, but it seemed like they rushed the the content. They rushed the the, the shirts. Like, it just seems like they had random shirts. They were like, slap his face on it. You know what I mean? It wasn't like it was a real thought-out thing. The only thing that looked thought-out enough was the plush toys. They they had some really interesting plush toys that looked like they were really designed well. Um, Plus, one of the cool things we saw was, like, a shoulder Grogu. It had, like, a magnet thing that you put underneath your shirt, and then you could actually sit him on your shoulder. It looked like he's just sitting there. That was kind of cool. Um, we noticed a couple people playing around with those. Some people had them on their hats. So it looked like Grogu's riding on your hat. Um, but, you know, again, it it just seems like the popularity of the show caught them off guard and they were not prepared to put out merchandise. Uh, there was a lot of stuff for the First Order, and I don't know who thought that that would sell a lot, but really awful merchandise for the First Order. The First Order, good guys or bad guys? This is the bad guys. Oh, okay. So, like, they had shirts with like a rubber stamp thing on the chest well right away just looking at it I'm like who would want that rubber piece rubbing on your chest the entire time and if you put that in the washing machine now it's going to tear up your shirt really bad you know 
it, it just a lot of that stuff I thought why why even have this merchandise that was definitely not flying well, off the shelf but the rise of the resistance right, but makes up for all the that. rise of the resistance was the ride that we were really anticipating we it was the, most, the one that we were the most nervous about getting on because, because we didn't know if we could you don't wait in line for that ride it's not a it's not a wait in line ride it is a virtual queue and we had not yet come into contact with anything like that until this ride came along. And I'd heard all kind of stories about how fast this queue fills up. Before you had, before December, I think in December they changed the rules. But prior to last December, you had to be in the park before you could even... Before the park was open. Before the park, no, you had to be, they would open the park at, let's just say, 9 o'clock, and people would line up. At 6 in the morning. At 6 in the morning, because you could not actually access the queue to try to even get in until the park opened up. So they were ha- they were dealing with such massive amounts of people prior to COVID that were just hanging out at the, the gate waiting for them to open. And then as soon as they would open and people would go, they would open a little bit early because all these people were standing outside the gates and they would let people on to that main road, that Hollywood Boulevard main road. They would let people there. And then at, let's just say, for instance, if the park was opening at eight o'clock, at eight o'clock, they would open the virtual queue and at 8.01, all of the spots would be gone. Yeah. And so they had to do things a little bit different. In December of last year, they op- they changed it. They The virtual queue now opens at 7 a.m. for the first one. There's two queues per day. The first one opens up at 7 a.m. You can be anywhere as long as you have a park reservation. So we were scheduled to be in the park and we would have to get up at what? One morning we got up at at six forty-five because we were nervous. Because we were nervous. The second time they we, tell you they tell you to make sure that you turn your Wi-Fi off. You want to yes. be dinging off of your uh, cell phone tower because you're going to get a faster reception with your cell phone tower than you are with their Wi-Fi, which makes a lot of sense. If you have that many guests trying to do it, it's going to tie up their Wi-Fi. And but they, both mornings they also say that Verizon is probably the fastest tower in that area. If you're trying to get on, um, it's it's advisable if you have a Verizon that that's really helpful. Now we did two different mornings. We did uh, Tuesday morning. We got in the virtual queue at. We were ready to go with our app at seven o'clock, and we got in boarding group forty-seven. Right. Yep. And then and it said it said for group forty-seven, expect to you know it has like an expected time window. It tells you. You know, you have... 225 minutes. You know, two hours and 25 minutes. So you go, okay, I got a few hours. Good, I can go back to sleep. I ain't even got to make it to the park till later. Well, they don't open till 9, so it doesn't matter. You know, you know if you get up at 7 to, to, to give it into the log that you're going to have a few more hours to sleep anyway, which was nice because we were extremely tired after the first night. We got into the queue. We went back to sleep. Yeah, but now the second queue opens up at 1 o'clock. It opens up at 1 p.m., and you absolutely have to be in the park to get in that queue. You can only get in a queue once Once per day. So both times we got in the 7 a.m. queue, we could not even try it again at 1 o'clock. But now yesterday, while you were shopping, looking at, you know, browsing around those shops, I was sitting 
uh, just kind of kicked back and people watching. And I noticed a group of six adults that stopped right beside me. And I had, of course, was paying attention to my watch because I wanted to see what everybody would do at one, you know, if, if, if everything looked different at one o'clock. And sure enough, you could see because most people had done the same thing we had done. They had researched it a little bit. You have to be in the park. And they say that if you are in Galaxy's Edge, you have a better chance of getting in the queue at one o'clock because I guess maybe they know that that's the influx of people. They have better Wi-Fi. I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know what made it. But I do know I watched a group of six. They, one woman, you know, they say one person in your party is all that should try. If two people in the same party try to get a boarding pass together, it kicks both of you off. So do not, if you're going there with people and you've got them linked on your mic, Disney app, but you want to have that done prior to going in there anyway. You want to have everybody linked together. Only one person in your party should try for a virtual boarding pass because if several of you try it, you're you a lot of times it kicks you off and it won't let you in at all. So, just that's a good little tip there that I learned from the travel agent. But I watched those six one lady was trying everybody was crowded around her she was holding her phone and i mean the minute it hit one o'clock she must have hit it and she got in the boarding group and of course they were all celebrating and high-fiving but it but at three minutes after one the first announcement come over that said no more boarding groups for the day wow. they were already out but now they had gotten behind yesterday because the, the ride went down for a little while yesterday yeah. Yeah, so it is, it, as being one of the newest rides, there are a lot of technical things that are that are brand new that are that are sort of, I guess it they're working the out the, they're working out a lot of the bugs of things that are going on, and there are some technical aspects to it that are giving it complications. Um, well, because it's so massive. It's so massive. There's so many moving parts. There's so many different things that it does. There's lots of opportunities for things to go a little bit wrong that they would have to, you know, kind of tweak whenever they have a chance. And so, you know, we just happened to have that scenario happen on our second time. But let me talk about the ride first off. Okay, so we got in the boarding group, number 47. The day came for us to go. We went. We ate a Ronto wrap. We had some blue milk. We got on the ride. Great ride. It was, we, as a YouTuber, I wanted to film it. As a Star Wars nut, I just wanted to see it. So I didn't film anything the first time we rode it. Neither one of us did. We just absorbed it, and it was beautiful. It was so pretty. Was so... There was so much thought that went into the design. There was so many technical things that that looked just awe-inspiring. There's I a mean, moment. I'm not even a massive Star Wars fan like you, but when we walked in that one room. With all of the stormtroopers. With troopers, all the stormtroopers, I mean, that literally took my, I mean, it took my breath. It, it was so unbelievably realistic. There's several of them that are moving, like they're in formation, and they're making a comment to you saying, look at this guy, you know. And the TIE fighter in the wall that's getting ready to be loaded out, and the view of space behind them. The, the massive projection screens that they've got in that room. It looks like it you're, looks like you're on, in space. It looks it's like you're yeah. on their death, their, their, their Star Destroyer ship. I mean, it was amazing. Um, the interaction with Kylo Ren being as 
where at first he addresses you and he, you know, he needs to get information from you. Him using the force on you and that sound of the vibration of things as he's using his powers to try and get information from our group. The rescue from the resistance as they're like, come on, come on, we got to get out of here. And then they put you on a, on a transport. It's another part of a ride. Um, I would have loved, I would love to, I hope the next time we go back, because we know we're going back, we always go back. <laughs> I hope the next time we go back that the staff, the cast members, do not have to wear masks. Yeah. Because I had heard on podcasts that only, you had to try out, as a cast member, you had to, you had to apply and try out for the different roles. There's acting roles. Yes. They, they actually act like they're part of the, the, resistance, the resistance or the, or the empire. Yes. And they, they're, the empire's a little snotty to you and they're barking and, out orders. And, and that really couldn't come across with the mask because they make yeah. them, they have to wear, all the cast members wore a mask, a and, mask a, and, and a face a shield. shield. And I guess that's to protect their nose, mouth, and their eyes. Now, so it does make it harder to understand what they're saying. We did notice that there are areas of the park where they had to wear both things but they also had an like an, an assistant microphone type thing that they talked into that projected their voice through a through a speaker the skyliner, people all, the had skyliner all had that and we're really surprised that they didn't have that on this ride or on some of the rides because there's all kinds of sounds muffling their voice you can't really hear that well it would have been nice on that ride if they did. Even if they had to wear the stuff, if they'd have had that added That's element. The only thing that would have made that ride better was yeah. if you could have heard that, if you could have actually seen the cast member acting out his role as the first, you know, whatever they're called. The first order. The first order. Yeah. If you could have seen them, because the way they project their voice, and it was hard to hear that with the mask. Yeah. Because they were so at attention with their hands behind their back. They looked just like the characters in the movies. Yeah. So that, that was one thing I was, you know, that was the only disappointment of, of it. The ride itself, there's, there's a, no way to describe it. There's there's an amazing moment when you're in this ride and you go up underneath AT-ATs inside of the ship that just, as a, as a fan, when you're doing it, I feel like a child. I was just like, <gasps> like it, it made me make noises as like I haven't made since I was a little kid. I was just so excited. Um, real similar to getting on to the Millennium Falcon for the first time for the ride and seeing the little area where they play chess and, you know, the little corridor with the hallways is all lit up. It does, the whole experience just sort of reminds some part of my brain that it's okay to, like, enjoy part of this. Like, this, you're meant to enjoy this. This is fun. That's one of the things we got from, from Walt Disney in another part of the the, the experience that we had, we got to watch a, a movie with him, and he said that he felt it was important to, to make a place where he could take his children and he could have fun as a child like his children were. Um, and this sort of did that. This, this gave that opportunity. This opened up that possibility. So they did a tremendous job with the ride. There is a really cool moment where Kylo Ren uses his lightsaber and like stabs down at you and it I don't know how they did it I've watched it twice I couldn't figure it out I even filmed it um I have lots of theories of how they could have done it but it'd be really interesting to know how they did it but also I don't want to know I'm happy not knowing I'm happy just experiencing it being like wow that was really cool because it was really cool uh there were all sorts of elements 
in it that had to do with simulators, with actual gravity drops. We've watched some of the behind-the-scenes stuff of how they built it. So we kind of know some of the tricks of, of how they make it feel. But it still doesn't take away from how awe-inspiring it was and how beautiful it was and how much of a fun experience it was. It was one of the coolest rides that we rode. Uh, well, um, most definitely the coolest ride that we... Well, the most the most immersive ride. I, I, we would have rode it more than twice if we could have. Oh, yeah, yeah. There's You just can't. I mean, you can only ride it once per day. And... I did not want to schedule all five of our days at Hollywood Studios because there's so many, there's there's so much other, I don't mean anything, there's so much other parts of the parks that I like, just, I mean, that I didn't want to miss out on. So well, and you can't, you can't park hop until after 2 o'clock. You can't park hop right now until after 2, although we did park hop one, um, we did park hop on Monday. I think that's the only day we actually park hopped was Monday. But we, because we didn't have a reservation for Rise of the Resistance for Hollywood Studios that morning, then we couldn't get on that ride. That's the only down, that's, you can't wait in line for it. So it's definitely a ride that I would have loved to have been on, gotten on more than twice. As far as the ride that we rode the most, it's also another new ride. It's the it's the Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway. It is in the old Great American Movie Ride. It, Great American Movie Adventure, I think, is what it used to be called. It's where you rode through the movies. You got to do the Wizard of Oz and uh, different scenes of, of classic movies. They closed that down, and it stayed closed for, gosh, probably two and a half years. And of course, I kept thinking, whatever's going in here is going to have to be spectacular for them to take this long. And it is by far an incredible ride. We rode that one four times. Or I think more. it was. I think we rode it more than that. I think we rode, it, we rode it two times the first day we got there because the time was really low. And then we rode it three times yesterday. No, we only rode it twice yesterday. Was it twice? I think. I don't know. We rode it several. We rode it many times. So a kid, it's a new trackless system. A kid was getting in line with his mom behind us and, and kept asking her, what's this like? What's this like? She's like, I have no idea. I've never been on it. And immediately I turned around and I said, it's like you're in a cartoon. And, and, and it just dawned on me, that is what it's like. Yeah, it's you like are. you're in a cartoon. And it's actually a, the new the new version of Mickey and Minnie. It's the, um, the new little movie, the little short movies they have out where he's he he's t- totally animated and drawn in a different a little bit different way um and this is an offtake of the old cartoon that yeah. was in black and white of they're in the cartoon and and goofy's driving the train and things go awry and and somehow they end up back together at the very end with him driving going you guys good thing we had a smooth ride you know but the digital mapping the new digital mapping that they're using they digitally map on these walls that looks so realistic that it's just unbelievable. I mean, and there's like curvature of things where you can't tell where the room really is. And with you moving, it's very immersive. It's very, you know, it has the illusion at times that you're actually moving with like the water when the water's moving. It's very pretty. The trackless system is by far, that's the new. The, the trackless the, system the, is the Ratatou- awesome. The Ratatouille ride will be trackless. It's it. The Ratatouille ride that, that we're getting at Epcot is actually, they have it in Paris. They, they 
at the Disney Disneyland in Paris. Yeah. It's the same exact ride that they have there, and it's the trackless system. And, and that's really, that's where they, they've also used that on this Rise of the Resistance yeah. ride. That also is trackless, which being trackless basically means that there's magnets in the floor. But it's so and much they, smoother. they move things around so that you're there. It gives them the option of changing up your pattern so that you don't have the same experience twice, which is what we experienced on Rise of the Resistance and on this Mickey's Runaway Railway. Yeah, because it seems like Rise of the Resistance, we actually got on two different, we had two different, totally different views from the first time we rode it. And two different experiences. And the second time, two totally different different places. Right, we went two different ways. Because one time... One time we didn't even get eye to eye with the AT-AT, and the second time we were eye to yeah. eye with the AT-AT, and yeah. he shot at us, and he actually got up. that on camera with him shooting at us, because the second time he wrote it, we both filmed, and I have video that will be on YouTube, so check that out. Um, this, but the same thing with the... Really Indian, cool. Same thing with the Runaway Railway. Yeah. Every time we rode it... A different experience. It was a different experience, because we were in a different car. It didn't matter where you started, it didn't... You're going to finish somewhere different every time. Yeah. So anyway, lots of good stuff, lots of fun had Great by trip. all. Great trip. Um, if you're, if you've ever considered going, and you're, if COVID is holding you up from going, I would have to say, if you want to go and experience the lowest amount of crowds and people that you will ever be able to experience, it's now before they open it back up to more. Right now it's at 35% capacity. I don't think they give any kind of indication as to when. More than likely spring break, starting probably mid-March, you're going to see things pick up. So they may even bring it, because I think they they can actually go a little bit higher than 35% right now, but they've just decided to stay a little bit lower. There are going to be several more resorts opening up mid-March into April. You're going to see the crowd levels increase. And if they don't bring back Fast Pass, then you are definitely you want to go now. Yeah. Because Fast Pass is not available, but Fast Pass was not. We didn't have an issue. And also, if you're safety concerned, you don't really have any area to worry. Everybody's no. doing extra cleaning. Everybody's very cautious about wearing masks. There is a constant reminder to wear masks. Uh, they will not let you not wear a mask. They'll kick you out. Three and up has to wear three age three and up has to wear a mask. And there are people that their jo- their job is to do nothing but walk around. And if they see people with their mask pulled down or even below their nose, they are telling people that you're, it has to cover your nose all the way down past your chin. Now, I can tell you as a person who does not like the masks that you just got to get used to it. And you might and as you well get used to it. You might as well get a mask that you like. If you want to buy one with a Disney theme, buy it for a size bigger than you think because all of them are a little bit smaller than you think. If you don't want to buy one of theirs, buy somewhere buy one somewhere else. Um, we watched the Tim Tracker and he apparently really likes the masks that they sell at Uniqlo at Disney Springs. We didn't actually check those out, but, you know, they're around $10 a piece. I mean, that's kind of the going rate. You can get them cheaper. We bought those cotton ones at um, at Marshall's. I think we paid like $7.99 for, for three, three of them. Yeah. I mean, you can get decent masks, and I think at some point we all just have to come to terms with the fact that we got to buy one that we're comfortable with, and we don't mind, we don't mind wearing it. Well, if you want to go 
go while the crowds are lower. Yep. And while it's cooler, the, and mask, the mask is definitely more comfortable when it's colder outside. And there's the special going on right now yes. where you book you book five days worth and you get two of them for free. Well, I think if you yeah, I think if you stay at least four nights and buy three park day passes, they give you two park day passes free. Yeah. So we did the math and staying four nights, it was only going to cost us. $212 more to stay one more night and be able to use that fifth day park day pass that they were giving us for free. So we did that and it only costed us $212 more. Yeah. Trust me, I did the math many times and even with the food, the dining, to me, dining not being an option and we were folks who always purchased the dining plan. After this trip, I doubt very seriously we'll ever purchase the dining plan again. Yeah. This now, definitely made me see it in a different light. We did eat a lot of sandwiches, and, and I think my wife made a comment when we got in the vehicle, I'm okay if we don't eat sandwiches for a few days. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we, we did get mask fatigue. We did get sandwich fatigue. But there's other things you can do. There's options. There's things that you can you can think of to be budget-minded. Yeah, we They all, don't mind if you bring in yeah, food no. and drinks. You can do that. Um, you're totally allowed to. Uh, again... The baggage check was simply walking through. Nobody ever complained or asked questions or anything about that. And I guess, I guess what they're looking for is like certain metals or something like that yeah, when you're I mean, walking I'm sure through. Yeah, I'm you can't bring. I mean, you know, you don't want to bring in alcohol and stuff right. like that. I mean, right. we brought Be in sensible. bottles. Of, we brought in bottles of water and Coke, and was able to get a cup of ice to, to split a Coke. With, which made it a lot cheaper than buying their coat. And we split up days where we we shared meals at yeah. Woody's Lunchbox. We shared the uh, the grilled cheese sandwich meal, um, which was very filling. Uh, it's like eight ninety nine for we split a grilled cheese sandwich and tater tots and, we, and got a, got a free ice. And we got a free ice, drank our own coat, and had a couple of bags of potato chips. Got to rest. Yeah, I mean, so, so you can definitely cut your so budget minded. You know, if you're looking at that. You could do this trip for less than $2,000. I mean, it's, it's totally possible. Oh, yeah. Um, and you don't have to go for as many days as we went. If you book during the time when they're offering the when they're offering the, the discounts, you can definitely go, I would say, probably even a family of four. You could, If you don't go, you, you can't do a lot of shopping. But if you go buy your groceries, plan some meals. We did a salad with grilled chicken one night. Yeah. There's, there's ways to save money. Now... We were talking about this earlier. Like, let's just say you were really budget-minded and you didn't want to go to all the parks. Which park would you cut out? And we both agreed that right now, because of the construction point of Epcot, if we had to cut one of them out, we would probably skip going to Epcot just because the construction right now, there's a lot of construction. Now, there's a lot of rides that are coming that are going to be really cool and a lot of things in development that are going to be really cool. And if you go right now, you're still going to have a good time. There's lots of stuff to still see and do. But if we had to cut one out, we would probably cut Epcot out right now. And if I was going with smaller children, I would definitely cut that part. Because now, there's only one ride there for children, and that is, well... With that two, being said, Ratatouille is right around the yeah, corner. Yeah, Ratatouille. So, You've got Ratatouille opening up soon. They say that it should be open by spring break for most schools when they start their spring breaks mid-March. So you'll see it open up here very soon. They're going to probably start soft opening that. But then there's not going to be another one open. They don't have a projection time anymore on Guardian of the Galaxy. Um, They don't have a time on that one because the actors have been on hiatus with all the COVID 
and they've got to record the, um, the Guardian of the Galaxy. They've got to record part of that with those actors. So that ride is close to being finished. A lot of people don't know about that. Yeah. But whenever they're shooting a movie, they have a contract set up to where that's when they record B-roll stuff for things like video games, uh, attraction rides, and stuff like that because they're in full costume. They're contractually obliged to do the character. And it's like, okay, you've done the movie. Now we also have this other stuff we have to do. They, right. They'll film some commercial stuff. It well, helps they, them out with production because right away you've got everybody's costuming, everybody's makeup and effects and stuff like that. Well, so, when they did when they in Disneyland, what Disney California Adventure, they had Tower of Terror out there, just like we have it. it, just like we have it at studios here in Orlando, and they rethemed it to Guardian of the Galaxy. And when they were filming the second movie, is when they used all of those actors because they were in costume and they recorded. And they they recorded all of the roles that the characters have in the movie for the ride, and they're going to do the same thing for the new roller coaster going in Epcot. But that will not happen until they can start filming the third Guardian of the Galaxy movie. Yeah, which is I think on hold right now because of I think it's no, supposed to start soon. They're, they're starting filming. Yeah, I saw that they were reporting in. But they're not saying they're not even giving a projected opening time. It might that that ride might open later this year. Yeah. Tron is on hold. They are going to, what I've read and what I've heard through podcasts and YouTube videos is the word is that, that they will finish the ride, but they are not giving a projection, a projected opening date. Yeah, and we'd seen on different podcasts and, and, and YouTube show, uh, stuff that we watch that a lot of their concern was on building the external structure first to get things out of the rain, um, but also so that the appearance of the ride being completed would look a certain way before they moved it forward. But as updates come along, we've heard that, no, they're going to go ahead and complete it. They're just not ready for it to be running yet. Like it's going it, to, when it gets to that point, there's still going to be a little bit of a waiting period be, to get it ready. So You're definitely not going to see it before October. No. October 1st is the 50th anniversary for the Magic Kingdom. They had planned to start celebrating January 1st of this year and do like an 18-month suck as much money out of it as you can possibly get out of it for the 50th. But now all that's been pushed back because of being closed for COVID. So now now that doesn't kick off until until October 1st, and then you will see it extend out probably 15, 18 months from October 1st. And if you're a Disney fan and you're thinking, oh, we'll go for the 50th anniversary party, you're not going to make it. They're already sold out. Yep. Now, we have also heard that if you're looking into that, to keep checking because some people will cancel due to life events, and if they do cancel, there may be an opening. So... I say yeah. I know October first is already completely sold. It's already I'm, completely booked up at the Magic Kingdom. Yeah, I'm saying you can't get in, but you might be able to get yeah. in on some loophole. I mean, just I guess keep checking if that's your thing and you really want to be there for the fiftieth. I don't know that I would want to be there. <laughs> Depends on what the capacity's like by then. Yeah. And a lot of that, I'm sure, has to do with how well or and how quickly they can distribute this vaccine. Right. So, I think we had a great trip. Uh, we had a great trip. I'm really happy. After being without work since June 29th, I needed to get... My head was not in a good place. Yeah. And with my wire in the eyeball thing, uh, it was nice to get away. It was interesting. We were in line one night waiting for a bus at the Magic Kingdom, and end of the night, 
masks on, everything, you know, coats and whatnot. I hear a random person in the crowd, hey, Josh. And I look around, and it's a guy I work with, Chad Powell and his wife and, and kids. So, hey, Chad, uh, it's nice to see you, buddy. Glad you're doing well. It's good, it's good to see you with my one eyeball. <laughs> um, it's really weird how every once in a while I'll get recognized with a mask on and everything else. And I, I don't know, I, I must have a look. You could, you could spot me in a crowd. I guess other people can too, right? Yeah, sure. Yeah, I guess so. But anyway, um, it was nice to see them and, and good to know that he's able to get away from work and and uh, enjoy some time with the family. My wife goes, is he one of y'all's drivers? I was like, oh, yeah, he's one of our best drivers. <laughs> we, we've got quite a few really great drivers. He's one of the greater, he's one of the better drivers. Uh, we've got uh, probably 50% of our drivers are phenomenal. Uh, he's in the, he's in that group. So it was good to see him and his family. And, and it was his daughter's birthday. Happy birthday, Meredith. Uh, I hope you had a good birthday. Um, I, hope, I hope I'm getting the name right. I think I read that right. Anyway, I'm going to wrap this up. Thank you to everybody who's listening. Uh, please check out the YouTube page. It is Joshua Peak. You can find it there. Yeah, if lots you, of videos from this trip. We're gonna. I'm, I'm going to be busy all week long making videos, so they're going to come out. If you don't see it right away, it's coming. Just keep checking out the channel. I'll try to promote it everywhere that I normally promote videos. Um, check out the... Uh, podcast stuff I heard if you want to leave me comments like I asked a question about the masks what do you think about the mask what's it going to do to our immune system how do you think it's going to maybe strengthen our lungs or hurt us in the long run I'm not sure um, are you interested in going at this time if you want to leave comments and feedback I'll be happy to read your stuff online or if you want to be on here you can uh, just write me at stuff I heard podcast at gmail.com and uh Thanks for listening. Thanks for being a part of this. Thank you to Eric and Connie for meeting us for lunch and for the gifts. Oh, yes, that was great. That was super, super thoughtful. Thank you. Um, and thank you to everybody who's listening. Listen, I'm happy doing this podcast with you guys, and I'm happy you're enjoying it, and I, I'd love to do more. And if you want to be on the podcast, let me know. Please remember to rate, review, subscribe, and share with your friends. As Tim the Tim, Tim the Tracker says, the Tim Tracker says, now it's time to pay the price. That's sort of his way of saying, I've done my part and I do your part. Help me out. Like, it sort of helps this thing move forward and helps us succeed and be able to do more and, and shows me that you're listening and, and care. So, uh, I hope this helps somebody plan their trip. If you're curious about it, ask questions. If you want to talk to my wife about it, I'm sure she'd be happy to answer any emails or whatever. Or I could read them out on the on the podcast. Uh, we'll do it that way. So, with that being said, you want to you finish it off? Thanks, everybody. And... How do I always end the podcast? Cue the cow. You want to say it? She don't want to say it. <laughs> oh, well. Cue the cow.